Hey folks, welcome to Reigns Radio, formerly Nothing But Airtime. I'm still your host, Cole Reigns. We did a little bit of a rebrand, Nothing But Airtime, heavy on the NBA side. Throwing it back to Reigns Radio, where it is just general sports, general bar talk. And we're going to have a slew of guests on as we move forward with this show. And one of them being Kenneth Cotterill of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. Today, he's coming on. We're breaking down over-unders for NFL wins, season-long player props, division winners, awards, doing the whole shebang for NFL gambling preview. Hit the music. Let's get right into it. Welcome, guys. Reigns Radio. Today we have on the show our resident Canadian, the resident gambler, the resident overall good guy from Off the Ball Network. He is the host of the Competitive Hi- Competitive Hedge podcast. It is Ken Cotterill. Ken, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. I don't know if I'm like the man of the people of Off the Ball Network or, or however you described it, but but I am one of the one of the more active people, I would say, in the Off the Ball Network. But um, I'm definitely the best Canadian, not that there's really another option, um, but Until I do Beaver appreciate you having me on. Until Beaver <laughs> comes around, you might be, you might be okay. <laughs> when you start listing off famous Canadians, like I drop down a lot of people's lists, like you start throwing Drake out there, any famous athlete, like you just, you fall down lists. It's are fine. people like, are people in Canada, like calling you a C tier Canadian celebrity D tier? Where are we at on the? I'm probably like a B minus because like I'm not like an A-list celebrity, which would be A tier, but like I wouldn't say that like I couldn't get in some places. So like I'm probably like a B minus. Okay. I'll respect it. I respect it. But no, Ken's on the show. He is the competitive hedge podcast. He has the daily shows. He's been doing uh, NFL previews. So I thought I'd get him on. We could do some over-unders, some prop betting, some division winners. And I'm going to start with over-unders. I got my totals from CBS Sports. I don't know where you got them, but what's your favorite over under this year and why is it the lions <laughs> you know funny enough the lions is one of them yeah. but i think my favorite one is the giants like on my book they're under seven and a half that's what at i had minus too. 167 and i'm like okay how many division wins do you actually get here like absolute best case scenario is you split mm-hmm. like and you go three and three you win both against Washington. You take a game off Dallas or potentially Philly. I just don't love their schedule. I think they've got a lot of tough games in there. I think this is a 5-6 win football team. I actually don't think they're trying to win that many games as much as Giants fans don't like to hear that because they probably don't want Daniel Jones under center next year. Um, I don't even know if he'll last the year, to be perfectly honest. So I think Giants under 7.5 is one that I would lock in like very confidently multi-unit play. So you're not buying the like Barkley resurgence with Dable in there. Cause like, I guess the word out of camp is he's looked really good. It's hard for me to buy into a Saquon Barkley. Cause they've been telling me to buy into Saquon Barkley since his rookie season. And like, yeah, the rookie year was great. But since then, like, I, I just, I don't anticipate that he's going to play a full schedule either. So until he proves me wrong, like I'm, I'm going to bet against him. I, I I had that one on my list. Uh, that was one of my wild card picks because I had them. At, I, I think at six, but we'll get into my. I have a couple wild card picks. I, I'm drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool Aid. I'm all in on Dan Campbell. Uh, my book had him at six wins. I think that's very possible. You get to see the Bears twice and the Vikings twice. They beat the Vikings last year on a much worse team. They have the fifth easiest schedule in the league and. I really like I'm going to keep going back to it. Dan Campbell could probably convince me to run through a brick wall with no repercussions. So, (laughs) well, I'm in I'm in on the Lions over six and a half as well. And I know that you're a Lions fan. So, like, you're not crazy for thinking the over six and a half. Like I discussed a possibility where they get to eight and nine. I, I don't know if they get that high this year, but the way that I looked at it was they were a three and a half win team last year because you got to throw the tie in there. I think they double that this year. I think they're a seven win team. They go seven and 10. They're, they're in a division that where I think they should sweep Chicago. I also don't think green Bay is a lock. Like people used to say that they were like the offenses sounded like it's bad in camp, like the defense. Yes, they're good, but they're making them look foolish. So if you split with them, split with Minnesota, who's to say that you don't go four and two in the division. I don't think it's entirely out of the question. 
and, and we'll get into it in division winners, but that plus thousand, that's probably my favorite underdog for a division winner, just for the sheer Aaron Rodgers goes crazy and decides to star in Con Air 2 insurance. Like, I don't know what's going to happen there. So I like, I, I like, I, I like them better than the Vikings. So that's kind of my thinking. Now, yes, we will get into the divisions in a little bit. And there's one actually that I think you'll like more than maybe Lions to win the division outright. It's a division placement, and, and I'll give you the odds in a little bit. But that's one for me that, that I really like. The one actually that I don't, I haven't heard a lot of people that like it, but once I really dove into the schedule, Atlanta four and a half. I yeah. kind of like the over. I like them to be five and 12. I don't think that they're going to exceed past that. Like this isn't a seven and 10 team. But they have some weapons in the offense. I don't think Mariota's that bad. Like to, to me, he's better than a couple other starters in the league. You have gettable games. You're, you're going to lose to Tampa twice. Maybe you go two and four in the division. You have to win three out of your 11 non games. And I think they have Seattle in there. I think they have Chicago in there. Like there's games that they can get. Like best case scenario is they win six games. I think they're more likely to win five. So Atlanta for me was one that I looked at like pretty closely because I think they're, they think that Atlanta is going to be terrible. And I don't, I don't buy into them being like the worst team in the league, like some others. I had, I had over five. That was my book had them. I, but I'm on Atlanta as well. I just think they have too many playable players. Like Cordero Patterson was really good. Kyle Pitts can take a leap. Like their defense. I like AJ Terrell is a really good corner. I, 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 I like Arthur Smith. I don't know if Mariota is the guy, but Desmond Ritter looked good last night too. So like if yeah. Mariota is not the guy, like Ritter could very well and stuff. He could in come and... in and rattle off two wins down the stretch exactly. where they're like a three and 12 team. And then yeah. they win the last two to finish five and 12. And, and, and there's like a couple of teams, like you mentioned the bears and giants and Seahawks on the schedule. They get the Panthers twice too. And I'm not sold on the yeah. Panthers either. So like, I I'm with you. I think the Falcons won. Uh, you talk, you spoke on the bears. I'm pretty sure we both probably have this one under six and a half on the bears too. I think that offensive line is terrible. I think the offensive weapons are terrible. Their best defensive player wants out. And I think the NFC North is going to be better than what people think. And there's going to have to be a team that succumbs to uh, five or six losses and within the division, I think it's going to be the bears. So it scares me how heavily they're on the bears to be that bad. Like, because it's minus minus one seventy three to be under six mm -hmm. and a half. And I agree. I think that this is like a four win team. I said it on my own show. I think they hang Justin Fields completely out to dry. He's going to get a ton of criticism when it's like, well, he's throwing to Darno Mooney, Cole Komet and who like the defense isn't good. They don't have a great O-line. Um, David Montgomery is a pretty average running back. So I think that this is a four win team. I, I honestly wish that they had the, the total at five and a half because then I could get the better odds and I would still take the under because I think absolute best case scenario, you win two division games and then you win three outside of that. Yeah, that, that was my thinking too. And the NFC North gets the uh, East division bump. You get to play the AFC East a little bit, NFC East a little bit too. And then I know the Lions got a little bit significantly easier schedule than uh, a Bears or a Vikings, but I, I don't like the Bears schedule that much. I don't like Justin Fields that much, and I don't think the new coach is really gonna uh, uh, bump them up from uh, uh, whatever they were last year to a seven-win team is what they're expecting if they get the over. So I, I see no scenario where they even get close to that. Like even if Fields takes a leap, which I don't know how he's going to with what they've put around him. Um, you mentioned the East. I, I think this is a bit of an unpopular one, but it, it's a dual one because I have like New England and Miami are at the same total. Mm -hmm. They're both at eight and a half on my book. I like the Miami over and I like the New England under. I really do think. <laughs> I like the I, Miami under. Okay. So here's my thinking is I don't hate their schedule. I think overall, when you look at the division, the Jets, they should get both, especially mm -hmm. Like we've already got Zach Wilson a little bit banged up. No matter what, he's going to come back banged up to start the year. Um, so I think they can get both there. I think they could split with New England. Um, maybe you get a game off Buffalo, but I'm not going to go that far because to me, Buffalo is the team to beat. You'll see that later on with most of my uh, most of my player props and stuff. But I really like this offense. Like I know two isn't great, but to me, what Tyreek and Waddle are best at is when they just get the ball and then they can make plays in space. I don't think Tua has to air it out like people keep making fun of him for because you see all these throws out of camp where you're like, oh my God, is he going to be able to throw it 30 yards? But I think you can dump it off and do well. I think the run game's fine. Gasicki's good. And I think that they're just a better team top to bottom than New England. 
New England, I hate their weapons. Like they went out and got Devonte Parker and we're supposed to celebrate like that's some massive signing. Like, I think he's fine, but to me, he's going to be what their WR one probably on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't be anyone's WR one. He should be a WR two or three. Um, Jacoby Myers is okay. Run games. All right. But to me, Miami is the better team top to bottom. So I think Miami's more likely to go nine and eight, New England, go eight and nine. Like, I think it's going to be that close where it's going to be separated by a game between these two. Cause to me, Buffalo, they're going to win this division by two, three, maybe four games. Um, so I like the, the under on my, or under on new England over on Miami. So I didn't put a pick in for new England. I just, I think if I had to pick for both of them, I'd probably go under in both. I think both those teams are probably three and three coming out of the division. They beat each other. They split with each other, lose the bills twice and then beat the jets twice. So they're both three and three coming out of the division. That's you got to get six wins for both teams outside of your division. I just don't think, I don't believe in two of that much. I don't believe in Mac Jones that much. And I I think that the bills are going to run away with this division, 13 and four, 14 and three. And you're going to see some seven and 10, six and 11, uh, like Mac Jones regress to a. So, So for you, this is a one playoff team division. I think so. I, I think I think it's a one as well, but I think one of them's close. Like like they're battling it out on the final day. Maybe they're at nine and seven, but like that's absolute best case scenario. Especially when you look at how loaded the AFC is, mm-hmm. you could point to and make a case for probably eleven or twelve teams yep. to make the playoffs. Yeah, the so, division picks were tough. The division yeah. <laughs> picks were tough. But yeah, so I was under on the Dolphins. I'm going to actually go to the NFC East. And I know you're not going to like this as a Cowboys fan. I kind of like the over seven and a half on the commanders. I, 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 I stayed away from it. I stayed away from this one overall. They have the easiest schedule in the league per last year's records. Carson Wentz was somewhat successful with the Colts. The defense will be healthy. McKissick will be back. Antonio Gibson was playing with like somewhat of like a leg injury last year. I've read it was a broken leg, but like, I just think they will be healthier. I think Wentz is a significant upgrade at quarterback. They get to play the giants twice and who knows, maybe they snag three or four division wins. Then you're only looking at four, four wins outside of your division. I think it's possible. And they get to see the bears, which it feels like a, a, a win. So seven and a half for them. I think NFC East. That was the only NFC East pick I did give because I can't get a read on any of the other ones. No, I left Dallas and Philly alone. Like I found it tough picking division winner even there. Like Dallas are heavily favored, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Like to me, it's Philly is right there, and they did get better. Um, Washington, I stayed away from just because I don't know. I don't love that. Yeah, I don't love I don't, Wentz, I, but Wentz looked good with the. Colts that, that's last my year. insuredness, yeah. honestly, is Wentz because if Wentz is like what he what he was in Philly early on, which I don't think it will ever see that Carson once again. But if he's even 80% of that, then I think that's an upgrade at QB. Defense, as you said, gets healthier. Terry McLaurin's there. Like they have some weapons in the offense too. So they're not a bad team. I think it boils down to Wentz and I don't know the read on him. So I, that's why I stayed away from it. Um, but I did focus a bit more on the AFC South mm-hmm. because... I think the Indy over and the Tennessee under were both ones that I keyed in on right away because I think Indy's a 10, possibly 11 win team this year with Matt Ryan. Uh, That's a very good defense, good O-line, good run game. Like I don't even think Ryan has to be that great. I just think he can make more of those throws that you need him to that Wentz wouldn't have last year. And then Tennessee... I don't know why Tennessee's at the nine and a half when I get it, Derrick Henry's still there, but you have no AJ Brown, no Julio Jones. You're relying on Robert Woods coming off a massive injury. Not a lot of other weapons in that offense. Tannehill coming off an underwhelming year. Maybe Vegas knows something that I don't, but I know a lot of people are on the under the minus 141 was what I had it at. So I think Tennessee's an eight win team. I think Indy's a 10 or 11 team win. Uh, Maybe Tennessee gets to nine. Like, I think that's absolute best case scenario. So I was on the under for Tennessee as well. I think this is the first year we see a chink in the Derrick Henry armor. I think, you know, last year he he dealt with some injuries. I think there's going to be not that he's falling off, but he's not going to be the far and away best running back in the league, especially with Jonathan Taylor in his own division. Uh, You brought up the Colts. I think bringing it back to Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan is much more of a game manager, fits more of what the Colts need, hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, make a few slant throws to Michael Pittman, hit Jack Doyle, hit a couple guys in space. 
I think the Colts, I'm with you. I love the Colts over and I was on the Titans under too. Those were two I was on as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm locked up with you there. I, one, I feel like we're going to be locked up on as well. I have the Seahawks. I've under six. I don't know what's, what is being seen there. I don't love Drew Locke. <laughs> I've got think, under five and a half at plus yeah. money, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like, I, like, I think this is a team like Bobby Wagner's the next Von Miller. We're like trade deadline, be like, oh my gosh, where Bobby Wagner is going to go. Tyler Lockett, I could see flip. So I just, I don't know where we're getting six from or five and a half even with this team. I think that I think Vegas is concerned going to four and a half because to me, Seattle has the potential of five and 12, mostly because in that division, I, I'm not sold on Arizona entirely or San Fran entirely, given the D hop situation and also what's Trey Lance going to look like. So I think there's a scenario where Seattle goes out and wins two games in the division. If they get a third, then like that's absolute best case. But outside of that, I think there's a couple wins on the schedule. Drew Locke, like I was in on him until I watched last year. And then I was like, oh no, like he's so bad. And I think, I think Seattle's trying to lose too. I don't think they want to win games. I think they know it's a good QB draft. They can finally get out from under Drew Locke. They can, you know, build around uh, maybe a CJ Stroud or whoever's coming in. Uh, And there's going to be a few of those teams. Like it's not like a Chicago situation where you have fields like Drew Locke, you know, he's not it. And I don't think he can do anything this year that'll prove otherwise because he doesn't have the ability and he doesn't have the weapons around him to do it. Agreed. Agreed. And I just, like I said, I'm going to keep going back to it. This team, I feel like is going to tear it all the way down. They're going to probably take for the first pick in the draft. Um, You brought up quarterbacks, another weird quarterback situation, but I actually kind of love the Steelers over your thoughts. What's the line that you have on Pittsburgh? Seven and a half. It was plus money for me. I think they're a seven-win team. But but what concerns me is that when you get to that range, then it's like, what's to say they, in a nothing game last week of the season, they're not playing for playoffs. Maybe they're going up against a team that's the same way, and then they get that eighth win. So I stayed away from Pittsburgh entirely because I don't think Trubisky is going to be as bad as people keep saying that he's going to be. Like, like, I don't think that he's good. But I don't think that he's Marcus Mariota bad. Very similar situation to the Bears in his first league, first year in the league, and he has a much better coach. He yeah. has Najee Harris. He has the – who's the wide receiver? Uh, not Pickett. What's his name? Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Deont- no, he was just resigned. There's the rookie wide Play receiver. Uh, there's a rookie wide receiver that they love, Claypool. I don't know, Fryer Moots there. He's got weapons. The defense yeah. is really good. Mike Tomlin knows how to coach. I know the AFC North is a hellhole, but I, I, I love, love them at seven and a half for plus money. I yeah, think this could like, be a nine-win team, especially if, if, especially if Deshaun goes down. Like he's just out for the season. Like the I, rumors I, I don't think he's playing. That that that's what I've yeah. gone on the assumption on the yeah. entire time, looking at what the NFL is saying. And here's the thing. He's not going to have just six games. There's yeah. no way that he's staying at six games. There's no way that they come back and say, yep, yeah, 100% he's playing week seven. Hold and on. so my concern is once you start getting into past week eight, where you're probably looking at Cleveland being two and six, you can't recover from that. You, you Like Cleveland, you're not getting Deshaun Watson back after the layoff and he's coming back and winning like nine straight games in order to get into the playoffs. So if he misses more than half the season. I think we could see 12 games or even just the entire year altogether. I just don't believe in, in this Cleveland team with Jacoby Brissett. I think the rest of the roster is fine, but I'm not, I'm just not in on Cleveland having him on Cleveland. They play the Texans in week 12. I think he gets a 12 game suspension because they don't want him going to Houston. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it, I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, sure. so, but yeah, with the Browns, I had him at nine and a half, but I'm assuming that's Watson's there. And if Watson does not get a suspension, I still kind of like the under there. Anytime you come into a, a season with just as much dissension, Kareem Hunt wants out and the Deshaun Watson stuff. And it, it's just very messy. I, I like the under. I, I Like even if he does play, even if, yeah. he, even if it's a six game suspension, whatever it may be, I just don't like the team that much. Yeah. On my Cleveland preview, I said I would just hammer the under right now because even if he misses just six games yeah. looking, I think they're at best two and four. Mm-hmm. And then you still have to cross the 10 win mark or nine win mark. And, and I don't know if they'll be able to do it. So 
that was kind of my thinking on Cleveland. One that's plus money that probably isn't going to be a favorable one by some people, but I think the franchise as a whole is a bit of a joke. And so I'm having them winning just six games is Jacksonville. I've got them under six and a half at plus 108. Now, I think they win six. I'm like, I don't think that there's a scenario where they go like five and 12 or four and 13 with Trevor Lawrence. I do think he's going to be better this year. He does have some better weapons, but that defense still isn't good. They're in a division where, yes, they could probably get both off Houston, maybe one off Tennessee, but Jacksonville just found a way to lose games last year that they probably should have won. And I don't see them like, here's the thing. Detroit did that last year, but they still have so much buying with Dan Campbell that I'm like, I feel like they win more of those games (laughs) this year. I don't get that feeling from Jacksonville. And so I think they're six and 11, which is probably like the sixth, seventh worst record in the league. But you see the next step maybe from Lawrence where he looks a bit better. Yeah. So on the Jacksonville thing, that was one I had kind of, in like the next few notes, I didn't throw them on my 10 picks. I think that they're just getting that number because they're getting off of Urban Meyer. I think that's like Vegas, like acknowledging, like maybe they jump because they don't have such a crap shoot at the head coach where like yeah. you brought up the lions lions lost a ton of one possession games. that could have won either way. You get some veterans in there. Campbell's you, it was his first year as a head coach. Like it's clear discrepancy on what those two teams are One's trending upward, and I think one is kind of flatlining with the Jaguars maybe even trending down with this new coach. So I thought the Jaguars under. I just think the AFC South could become a crapshoot behind the Colts really quick. Like if if mm. if Tannehill goes or like if Malik Willis had a pretty good preseason game, and I know Vrabel wasn't huge on him not throwing the ball or whatever, but like if he continues to have a couple good preseason games and a Henry nagging injury and Tannehill doesn't look that good. Like I could see that go down quick for the Titans. And then Jacksonville maybe snags an extra game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the only worry I had with the uh, Jaguars was where like, okay, there's, there's a way where the Titans just totally implode this year. And maybe the Jaguars sneak up to the second position in the standings. That's all. So yeah, the the last one that I had that I like, because I think they're going to be the best team in the NFC this year is I like Tampa Bay over 11 and a half. I think in that division, they're winning 12 or 13 games. Um, Stafford, we've already heard that he's had some shoulder issues in camp. And so I'm concerned if he plays all the games, which means that I think the Rams are probably an 11 win team. I don't love Dallas to to get there. I don't love Green Bay to get there. To me, they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. And in order to get that, you got to be a 12, 13 win team. So I like the over there, especially in that division. Like to me, they could sweep or they could go five and one. And then you just have to go and play above 500 football outside of that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and on the flip side, you talk about the best team in the NFC. I'm going to take a peek at one of the best teams in the AFC. I have the Chiefs under at 10 and a half. I... I'm not out on that. I like You are looking at a division that is significantly better. Like The Chargers went out and made moves to improve the defense. The Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Broncos got Russell Wilson. So like... And... What did the Chiefs do? They lost Tyree Kill. Um, like the right, the running back situation is not great. Like, do we really trust Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez Valdez Scantling to catch balls from Mahomes? I just I don't know. It's gonna be it's a lot on Kelsey's shoulders offensively. In the defense, they lost Tyran Matthew. So it's like 10 and a half. I could see this team being a 10 and 7 wildcard team. Now and, and that's the thing though, is that yeah. so many people are talking about, well, I'll take the over on Vegas, I'll take the over here. Not every team in this division is gonna go over. <laughs> like, like, yes, best case scenario, they probably all split three and three, but there's there's a scenario where a team goes yeah. four and two, five and one, and then an, another team's gonna be left out in the cold. And I I agree, Kansas City to me, if they go under, it's at 10, nine is the absolute worst case scenario for them with Mahomes, but this is a team that I don't have a great read on, which is why I stayed away from them. Like to me, Mahomes could get back to MVP form and be like special and have 11 wins, 12 wins. But Denver's the team that I like the most in this division, actually out of all four Um, couch coach, shout out to him at the network. Like we talked about this last year, Denver has like the best roster. They just don't have a quarterback and now they have it. And man, I, I love that Denver team. And, and the Chargers, too, like the Chargers struggled secondary. And so what they do, they went out. They, if I'm not mistaken, they got Khalil Mack. They got J.C. Yeah. Jackson. Like they like so if they can stay healthy, too, offensively, you get at Mack and Bosa, like, oof. yeah, like so like 
I think both of those teams are better than the Chiefs as currently constructed. And I like I love Mahomes. I love watching Mahomes. But as we've seen, like a quarterback can only go so far. Look at the Packers the past couple of years. Like I could very well see this team being 10 and 7, 9 and 8 as a fringe wildcard team. And Mahomes isn't Aaron Rodgers where he gets to play Detroit twice yeah. and Chicago twice. He has to go in. He has to win. Like, that's why I like Denver the most as well, because having mile high to me gives you an extra win. To me, it gives you a win bump. And it's probably why I think Denver is going to finish around 12 wins. I could see the Chargers at 11. Chiefs are nine or 10. And then Raiders are going to be odd men out at like seven or eight. But that's still such a great division. And there was a lot of moves made and none of them were made by Casey. Yeah, so that was that was my big wild card pick. The one that I was kind of underdog i i like i like Mahomes. i don't want to root against them but it just kind of feels one of those teams gonna to have to get it out and i feel like raiders are trending up and the chiefs are trending down especially after blowing that big lead to the bengals last year like how are they gonna rebound they traded away their best wide receiver and i don't know we'll see yeah i agree any any big underdog picks you had or we we were moving on to props I kind of, those two plus money ones would probably be the biggest ones. Um, there was just a lot of teams that I wanted to stay away from. Like, I didn't want to touch the AFC North Yeah, outside of Cleveland taking the under. Um, didn't like touching the top half of the NFC East. Like, there was a lot of teams where I'm just like, man, there's too big of a win discrepancy for me. Like, like there's a lot of teams, all the ones that I list, I think I can get within two games of where I'm projecting. But there's a lot of those other teams where I'm like, man, Arizona, yeah, I could take over nine and a half, but I could also see Arizona finishing seven and ten. And then I look like an idiot. So there was just a lot of them that I stayed away from. Arizona was another team. I, I had like two like honorable mentions. It was the Jags under. And then I had the Arizona under just because I could see that situation imploding too. Like I feel like we're like just scratching the surface. Like the whole Kyler Murray has to watch four hours of film. And then Kingsbury saying that Kyler's calling his own plays in the huddle. I like, I feel like we're just scratching the surface and that could be like an implosion too. Where like, I could much like the Titans, I can see kind of going downhill, especially with D hop out too. Um, yeah. So that we, was we don't of, know how he's going to look when he comes back. Yeah. And, and if this is an offense that's led by Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz, then mm-hmm. it's just, that's the other thing is that everyone points to James Connor. Like James Connor was a TD machine, but he does not get yards. And so if that offense struggles, then, He's not going to get those opportunities. And so um, I don't love the run game at all. I was going to say, we'll get into it with props, but uh, I guess I'll I'll just transition into props here on the Cardinals. A guy I had circled, I could not find a good prop for him, but was Rondell Moore. I thought like maybe receiving yards or just getting him the ball in space. He's faster than everybody. I thought maybe he could be a guy, but I just couldn't find odds I liked. So I, I, I strayed away from him, but he was a guy I had circled um doing like a a Debo Samuel type role for the Cardinals so the first one that I liked was I'm all in on Josh Allen MVP like I get it he's he's the favorite everyone's gonna say like not not a sexy pick but I think Buffalo's just got it set up to go 13 and four they're gonna be the darlings of the league they're coming off the loss to KC it's a great story of Buffalo coming off of that loss they come back they get the one seed they're the team to beat Josh Allen MVP like I just don't see another guy that I like enough like I'm not touching any of the AFC West quarterbacks because I just think that you're losing money like I think Justin Herbert's maybe still a year or two away from being MVP like Mm -hmm. he has the potential to still have a great year top five QB year but I think the Bills are going to blow out a lot of teams. They're going to come in very motivated. Like we see it all the time in the playoffs, those teams that can't get over the hump for a couple of years. And then they come in and you feel like this is the time for them. And that's what Buffalo is for me. And plus like people say like, oh, like not great odds, but like, are you kidding me? Plus 680 isn't great odds. (laughs) Like what? That's yeah, that's great. No, I get that. Um, I had Josh Allen over rushing touchdowns. Okay. I just six and a half feels light. Um, so I, I, I'm with you. I could see him being an MVP candidate as well. So especially with those, that running back situation, like, first of all, don't draft any Buffalo running backs in fantasy, but yeah, he's just going to steal a lot of, a lot of carries in the red zone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I had him, uh, another one I told, I spoke on the Rondale Moore Debo Samuel type. I like Elijah Moore 
for receiving yards, 775 and a half. I think I know Zach Wilson's out, but we saw Robert Sala utilize Debo on the 49ers. Um, or we saw his the squad he came from utilize Debo any way he could. I could see Elijah Moore being that way as well, um, getting as pen, as many as he possibly can. So um, I went a different route with the player props too, because a lot of mine are more like future bets than actual like player totals. But the one guy that I'm kind of all in on, and I have two player props for him would be Justin Jefferson. Um, first of all, I think he's going to lead the league in receiving yards mm-hmm. at plus 760. As I said, Stafford being banged up, Devontae in a new situation might take a little bit of time with Carr. To me, Kirk's really got Jefferson. I, I don't think Thielen's that big of a factor anymore in that offense. And so I think so either. I I, I see Jefferson getting like fifteen hundred plus receiving yards. Like I think he's gonna be an absolute beast. Kirk's gonna throw to him a ton. And then because of that, I think he also is offensive player of the year potential at twenty to one odds because I I think the triple crown, I, I know that Cooper Cup just got it last year. It's not a common thing, but I think there's potential for for Justin Jefferson to be that guy this year in that Minnesota offense. Dalvin, you never know if he's going to play a full schedule. I assume that he's going to miss time. Um, And so I think Kirk's just going to lean on Jefferson and say, go in year three and just like ball out. And so I love the Jefferson lines. I I saw I liked Justin Jefferson a decent amount. I did not go with him just because I don't trust Kirk Cousins that much. That's the only, that's the only, that's the only. Uh, and I think that's I what's had. holding a lot of people back is the yeah. Kirk Cousins part of it. Yeah. Um, he'll have big games. I just like you looking at like guys like Jair Alexander, maybe Jeff Akuda takes a step. So those will be tough matchups for him. Those were mine. Uh, only worries with him. I didn't have a ton of NFC North picks. I kind of did a twofer with the Packers. I had Aaron Jones under 750 and a half rushing yards, just because I think AJ Dillon is yep. next man up there. Yep. Um, and, and with AJ Dillon, I see him having like a Legarrett Blunt type converse, uh, or type season, I should say, uh, with Devontae Adams gone being like the sole goal line presence. I could see him racking up the touchdowns. So he had over five and a half rushing touchdowns for AJ Dillon as well. So. Yeah, I like that one. I'm not that in on Aaron Jones, especially like fantasy wise. I've been I just did the Packers yesterday. Like you have to draft him like late second round. And I'm like, I do not want to draft a guy like that that I think could see like 60 40 split with Dylan this year. And and so I like the under on the on the Jones side. Like I should have thrown in as well. I do like Buffalo to be the AFC conference winner at plus three ten. That's regular season, not playoffs. And so at plus 310 to me they're in the best situation to go out and win like 13 games i think with how the west is i don't trust the colts to get there and yeah i don't know <laughs> gotcha i got gotcha. you yeah the colts are the colts like we said matt ryan is fine i think they need a i would have liked them to see it to get in the russell wilson conversations but what can you do so so what are your thoughts on I have Nathaniel Hackett for coach of the year at plus 1600. He's Broncos, right? Yeah. First year in Denver, you turn around a team that just won what, like six, seven games last year. You get Russell Wilson come in. You win the AFC West. If you win that division with 12 wins, I think it's going to be really tough. I do think McDermott's a guy that I would keep an eye on if Buffalo is going to go as strongly as they are, but. I like the odds on Nathaniel Hackett at 16 to one. Cause I think that's a really good Denver team. Man. Dan Campbell, 16 to one, too. Like, yeah, and, like, like, like to me, if they get to that eight, nine wins. Yeah. That's like, if they are in the playoff conversation and he's yeah. media darling right now with hard knocks, like that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like he's getting all the press. Like you said, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett, my first thought was who, and maybe as the season goes on, he's a wizard calling plays or, or he starts yeah. getting some media coverage. And I know they're Monday night football first week of the season, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't, I always feel like it's very narrative driven. I, I, I very well could see that that happening. I did not give a coach of the year, per, uh, give a coach of the year pick, but I, I, I Josh McDaniels is out in uh, Vegas, right? Yeah. The, the thing is, though, like, yeah. because I know that Josh McDaniels has failed before as a head coach, I get concerned about whether he's going to be able to do it now, like a few years later on. But 
I, I get why people would think that, especially if Vegas does make the playoffs in that like loaded division. Then yeah, it's no, I, th- I think Nathaniel Hackett's there. I stuck to player props for Denver. I went Jerry Judy over nine oh five receiving yards, just because I think he's going to yeah. take a jump, and I feel like that he could be a thousand yard receiver. He was a first round draft pick. Somebody's going to have to be a deep threat for Russ. I don't know if it's going to be Sutton or Judy. I'm betting that it'll be Judy. The word out of camp that it's Sutton's kind of his safe guy, like safe out. So we'll yeah. see, but I like Judy out in Denver. I like it with, with Tim Patrick going down. I think you have 2,000 yard receivers there in Denver, um, especially if they are going to win the division. I do love Javante and Melvin is like the one, two punch running back wise, but we've seen it before. R- Russ is going to be throwing a ton in this offense. He's also going to pick up rushing yards himself. And so um, I think they do have 2,000 yard receivers. So I do love that over. I kind of like CMC for comeback player of the year at plus 700, but here's my thinking on it. And I said it with the Carolina preview. I don't love Baker, but if Baker is any good and he gets this Carolina team turned around, he's not going to get credit for it because I think it's going to be CMC that will get the majority of the credit because even last year when he played, he was over a hundred scrimmage yards a game. Um, If he plays the full schedule, then we could see another 1500 yard year for him from scrimmage. If Carolina goes out and wins eight games, nine games, I don't think that's out of the question with how good their defense is. If Baker's any good, he has some weapons too. I like the odds on CMC for comeback player of the year, especially since like everybody just seems to love CMC. Like it's just something about like, yes, he's been hurt the last couple of years, but him coming back and like leading the league in like scrimmage yards, I think would go a long way. So for my comeback player of the year, this was one of my long shots. I I thought about CMC just because I want Cam Akers. Just for the sheer fact that he's 25 to 1. And just for the sheer fact that once he got in the playoffs, McVay was force-feeding him the ball. Like, you could tell McVay likes him. And you mentioned Stafford had the arm thing. I could very well see this guy getting 20 to 25 touches a game. It's just a matter of how many yards he can get, yards from scrimmage, all that fun nonsense that analytics can analyze and everyone will argue once this if he does have the big season i just i saw him get the ball and he was not very effective in the playoffs but he got a ton of touches in the playoffs so that was kind of my thinking was the volumes there is he just going to be able to capitalize on that volume yeah i think he would have to get in like my concern is if he gets into top five in rushing yards that's fine but like other guys that are going to be there derrick henry Mm -hmm. cmc like other guys that could steal it from him so that would be my only concern but once again it's a long shot so if all goes well and as we said stafford shoulder isn't 100 then he could definitely do it um as far as offensive rookie and defensive rookie i like christian watson nine to one. He's a bit of a long shot for it in that green Bay offense. Like Alan Lazard's fine, but someone else is going to get a lot of targets as well. And Robert Tunyon's going to miss the start of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to be the guy. So I think in that offense, does he have the potential to have eight, 900, maybe a thousand yards with Aaron Rodgers because of the way that offense works? I think it's there because a lot of people will key on key in on Lazard because that was his favorite target. Um, that's left, I should say, given yeah. that Devontae is gone. And then defensive rookie of the year because, yeah, he's the favorite. And because I like Detroit, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. I think, I think a so lot too. of these other rookie defensive guys went to bad teams and Detroit has the potential to be much better. And if they are, then it'll be because the defense got that much better. Who are they going to point to? It's not going to be Okuda. It's going to be Hutchinson. So plus 460. I know it's the favorite, so it's not a sexy pick, but sometimes you don't need to get too complicated with it. And I think he's in the best spot to do it. Yeah. I didn't give a defensive rookie the year pick just because of that. You know, he is the favorite. It feels like it's kind of destiny that he'll get it. Maybe tip it all if the Jags turn around, but I don't know the part. Like I keep going back to it. When we talked about coach of the year, hard knocks. He was like a focal point of the first episode. Like he's just going to be a media darling. If the Lions do turn it around for offensive rookie of the year, this was another one of my long shots. I went with sky Moore. Um, because mm. I did talk about with the Chiefs, he was 15 to one. I did talk about yeah. the Chiefs, they lost a couple of people. Juju Smith Schuster is gonna miss some time. Nicole Hardman, I just don't think has taken enough steps for me to be confident in. So I think maybe they get Sky Moore the ball, maybe he has a big season. We'll see. But I, I 15 to one, the volume's gonna be there. It's just a matter if he's gonna capitalize on it. But I wanted to go back 
to your Panthers point, I have uh, a player prop from a ba- uh, for Baker. I have him at under 22 and a half passing touchdowns. I don't think he's – I think he's going to be a guy that is replaced probably week four or five if he comes out slow just because there are so many quarterbacks there. You have Darnold, you have Matt Corral, you have Baker Mayfield. If Baker starts slow and they lose a couple of games, who's to say that – Matt Rule is going to pull the truck, uh, pull the plug, and say, "Let's go somewhere else." Because he did it with Darnold last year. So, like, I don't. He's a very. If you're hot for me now, you're going to play. And I just, I could see him missing a couple of games just because he had a couple of bad games. I do think that I like the player prop, maybe for different reasons, because I do think Baker did it also in Cleveland, where like he's just going to lean on CMC is going to yeah. be his chub, and he's just going to. Mm-hmm handed off a ton and so that's where i think it hurts baker's value plus like baker will run in a couple himself as well when they get down in the red zone because yeah. people will be keying in a ton on cmc and so yeah i kind of like that under 22 and a half line um this is an interesting one but i think that there's a lot of merit to it the lowest scoring team in the league oh my wife's calling uh, houston texans at plus 540. Did you know that last year the Houston Texans on seven occasions didn't hit double digit points? On seven occasions. And that does not now, Atlanta is the favorite at plus 500, but Ritter looks good. Mariota's a, a solid veteran. They've got Pitts, they've got London. What does Houston have outside of Brandon Cooks? Davis Mills, over 3450 passing yards. That I was like a pick Davis that I Mills. I think that he's going to throw for a ton of yards. I just don't think that they're going to score a lot. And they did it last year. Mm-hmm. I actually do think that Mills is pretty good. Yeah, um, I think so, too. I, I picked his over for passing yards this year. I did not know that these were odds. You're good, Ken. You could take it. I'll, I'll take it for a minute here. Wait one sec. You're good. <laughs> it's because the door isn't locked. Is unlocked. Uh, you're good. Well, while Ken goes and opens up the door for his wife, we're going to plug betus.com.pa. Go give all of Ken and I's picks on betus.com.pa. There's plenty of good odds there. We are giving you a ton of NFL picks. And for my regular lowest scoring team, Ken's not going to hear this, but I think he's crazy for picking the Texans. Davis Mills is going to have a big year. I'm going with the Bears. You're going with the Bears for lowest scoring, eh? I'm going with the Bears for lowest scoring just because I think that that offensive line is terrible. I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that like Atlanta shouldn't be the favorite to be this team. Um, I think a lot of people just really hate who who Marcus Mariota is, and it's like, I I don't necessarily see why. Like, it's just not a... No, I get it. But I a couple a couple more player props I'll rattle off here. Juju right. Smith Schuster over on his receiving yards. I think that if he is healthy, 750 feels very light. I feel like the volume could be there. And the Chiefs yes. are prone for big plays. So I think he could have a big one there. And I have Ezekiel Elliott under 850 and a half rushing yards. Mm. I like that. Just because I do, I think, I, th- I think that it's a dual back system now. I think Tony Pollard's much better, and by the end of the season, he'll be getting 65 percent of the touches. I'll, I'll say this about Dallas: is that I think they were trying to justify the Zeke contract, so they kept holding back Pollard. Yeah, and now they've just gotten to a point where it's like we're almost at the end of this contract. It's time to just say, you know what, Zeke, like this guy's equal to you. What he he can do more probably of what we want a running back to do. And so I think it's a 50, 50 split. It's also why I don't like Zeke third round in fantasy. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'd way rather go and get Antonio Gibson or Keenan Allen or somebody that I know is going to have a ton of volume. Well, I'm glad you said Antonio Gibson because that was my last pick. I'm hammering his over on rushing yards. He's What's at 799 and a half. I feel like he can be an 800 to 900 yard rusher. Um, my only concern is his health. Yes. That, that was going to be there. But if he is healthy, we've seen running backs do damage with just Jonathan Taylor for Carson Wentz. He's going to be a guy that's going to hand the ball off. He played with a leg injury last year. If he does remain healthy, that feels like a very easy total for him. Yeah, I would agree there. The last one that I had, this was kind of my long shot for leading the league in passing yards. Dak, 
I like the long shot odds of 13 to one. I think everyone's going to point to, uh, to Herbert or to Allen or to some of these other guys. I think Dak's got the potential for 5,000 yards because he throws a lot of empty yards. Like yeah. Dak throws so many empty yards. And that's why I hate when people point to his, well, he was like third in passing yards. Yeah. Well, so was Derek Carr last year, but that doesn't mean that I think he's a top five quarterback. And so I think Dallas has the potential to do that again this year. Um, so Dak at 13 to one was one that I was looking at. I think, yeah, that's not bad. I'm looking at him now. I'm trying to find a long shot for the people. I love a good long shot on some of these long season awards. Lamar's not going to throw enough. Goff's not going to throw enough. If Zach Wilson wasn't hurt, I would have taken a flyer on him. Trevor Lawrence. I think so. I think Zach Wilson would have had a big year if he didn't have that injury. I think Salah is going to be a culture change there, and we just haven't heard much about it because it's the Jets. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Also, uh, you want another really good one of worst record in the regular season? What do you Chicago got? Bears ten to one odds. That's the. They're not the favorites. The worst regular season record is Houston at plus two seventy five, Atlanta at plus three fifty, the Seahawks at plus six forty, the Jets at plus eight hundred, and then the Bears at plus a thousand. That is good odds. Seahawks at plus what were the Seahawks? The thing is, I think in order to be their plus six forty, you have to win only three games. Yeah. To be considered for it. There's going to be a team that goes two and fifteen or three and fourteen. I think Chicago has that potential, but it does concern me the division. Um, but then again, why is Houston there then? Because they could take two off of the Jaguars. Jacksonville. And actually they went three and three in the division last year, so it's not out of the question. The Browns at 30 to one would be interesting. Just throwing it down, just hoping Deshaun Watson's gone. Like that's the, that's the the other thing thing. that worries me is that I think Jacoby has so much around him that they could win five games. That's fair. But I do think Chicago, I don't see a lot on defense, especially if they do end up trading Roquan Smith, like then you don't have much of anything and you could win three games. We're talking about Houston potentially winning three or four Atlanta. We like the over Seattle. We like the under, but not by a lot kind of four or five mm-hmm. and the jets. If Zach Wilson is playing and they're a much improved team, I think yeah. they could win five or six as well. Like Chicago at 10 to one might be my favorite prop. I think just like- as that one. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take flyer on that one, Kenny. That's why we bring him in folks. That, that pick right there. That's why he's here. I would have never thought to look up the worst record in the league odds but 10 to 1 on the bears that's why we bring them in and let me tell you this ken growing up near the chicago area a lot of the listeners are from the chicago area they're not gonna like that very much but it's gonna win a money gonna <laughs> are win you a money that if i'm getting fight. death threats like is this how far i'm getting here or is no. it just gonna be some passionate fans sending me some dms that with some colorful language ah probably no no passionate fans I'd, I'd argue most of the listeners from that area are realists but um they they will uh They'll get mad at you and then probably we bet it. So that's, that's, that's the, that's the people we're dealing with. So, okay. I'm going to rattle off for you, my division winners. Okay. And I want you to say either agree or disagree, and then we can go from there. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I want to start this thing first. I have a parlay for three division winners. Okay. Bill's AFC North or AFC, not, not AFC North, AFC East. Excuse me. Yep. Colts AFC AFC South. Yep. Bucks NFC South. That was my parlay of three. And what did you get the odds at? I think it was right around 150 or 175. It was it was minimal, but like you gotta I've, take single. I've got it them. at plus 247. Okay. Okay. Right now, if you go bet Colts, Bucks, and Bills at bet 99, use promo code shooters, then you get those odds. You heard now. Me. So AFC East, I think it's obvious it's Buffalo. Yep. I think the AFC North is Baltimore. I don't have them as a playoff team. Okay. So I think it's Baltimore. South, I have the Colts as well. Yep. West, I have the Broncos. Yep. Plus 265. Yep. So if we did strictly an AFC parlay of the four that I have, then your odds would be plus 2300. 
And actually, to be honest, if you don't like the Ravens and you instead like the Bengals, you get even better odds. I just the Ravens scare me so much, man. Yeah, because there's nobody around him. Like he's going to throw the ball to Mark Andrews and who? Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. That's it. Sure. Dobbins. But, but to me, that that's all. It's yeah. a running game offense. You got Dobbins. You got Mike Davis now. Like, and you still have Gus Edwards there. Like to me, they're just going to pound the rock, throw it to Andrews. Defense is solid. Tony um, Jefferson found his glasses. I don't know if you heard that I story. Do, <laughs> I do get concerned about I. Uh, I do get concerned about the Super Bowl hangover for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, so that would be my only issue. And here's the thing. If they're struggling early against the bad teams, their schedule is so backloaded yes. that when you have to go up against Buffalo late in the year and Buffalo's battling for the number one spot and you're trying to get into the playoffs, that's what concerns me. About no, I just, I just, not much change. Another year of Burrow with some like grizzle on his chin. Like I think he's, I, I, the, the offensive line got a little better. I, I like him. I, and, and that might just be because I'm a Burrow guy. I, I think Burrow's great. I saw him on a podcast, just yeah. the way that he is. He's yeah. a guy that just like wants to go home, play Madden. He doesn't go out. <laughs> like to me, that's like what you want out of a quarterback. Like, I don't care if my wide receivers out, out at the club on a Wednesday night, but like when yeah. your QB is there, you're like, Oh my God, why? Yeah. So I I'm completely fine with that now. You didn't Who's have any team? issue with any of the other three that I had, right? No, I actually have three teams from the AFC West in the playoffs for the two wild cards. Yeah, well, there's three wild cards now, and that's oh. why I'm like, I'm well, kind of like, so, so I go Buffalo, I go Bengals and Ravens. Okay, if there's, the, I, I didn't know there was a Colts. third wild card. I would probably go Ravens on there too. Yeah, to be honest, if if you want to just go safer, then you would just go and bet them to make playoffs instead of winning the division, <laughs> yeah. which I know that the odds wouldn't be as good, but you could parlay some of those together. Um, and yeah, I think the Broncos, like me and my buddies every year do two parlays of division winners. And I think one's going to have the Chargers and one's going to have the Broncos um, just to have them a little <laughs> bit different. But I think Buffalo is going to be there and the Colts will be there no matter what. It's just a matter of, well, are we going Bengals or are we going Ravens? Might split those tickets and hope that one hits as well. Yeah. But NFC-wise, I have Dallas. I have Dallas, too. I have Green Bay still. I have Green Bay, too. Obviously, the Bucks. I, I have, don't the, have Bucks the Bucks, too. And I don't know. And then I have the Rams again. I have the Rams, too. So if you put those easier. four together, it's just 888 in the, in the NFC, but... They're all the favorites, and I think if you're actually picking one that's potential to get upset, it's probably Dallas with Philly winning, but I just fuck the Eagles. Like, I have three teams. Okay, it. all candid. We're here. No, don't worry. <laughs> I have three I have three teams in the NFC East in the playoffs, and I know that's just pooping down three my leg. Three in the NFC East. I know that's pooping down my leg. but And you think it's Washington – Yep. The Eagles and Dallas all yep. get in. Yep. Well, he, here's the thing. So we'll differ on. I have Dallas and Philly. I've got Green Bay. I've got San Fran and I have the Rams. But then I have Carolina getting in as the seven seed with Tampa Bay. I know that it's not a popular <laughs> one, but that defense is really good. Like that, that was a top five defense last year. And if Baker's any good, you got weapons. It's the team that has the best odds, long shot odds to get in for yeah. me because they're plus 440 to make the playoffs. The people will lean more so the Saints, but I'm not putting any money on Jameis Winston to get back into the playoffs. Like That's I just I can't got. do it. So That's who I, I got, just, man. I'm, I'm staying away. I'm staying away from LASIK Jameis. Kamara's back. Jameis looked really good. Now losing well, Sean and the, the thing about Kamara, though, is that they did say they think that his suspension wouldn't be until 2023 yep. because he will eventually get suspended yes. at some point. So that that I see a bit more clearly now of the yeah. Saints. Yeah, I, the, the thing, I, I only have one NFC West team, and, and here's why. I mentioned my fear of the Cardinals. I just think that's like a team that is brewing for an implosion. Like I'm talking like Kyler might go back to baseball implosion by the end of the year, just because him and Kingsbury don't see eye to eye. Hopkins is gone. The running back situation's not great. You're throwing the ball to, like you said, Zach Ertz and Rondale Moore and Marquise Hollywood Brown. The defense is fine. I just don't trust them to, you know, you look at the, 
trajectory of their season last year. They were one of the best teams through the first half of the season, and then they fell off a cliff. I think that the word's out on them. Teams will scout them better. I think they're going to struggle. And then the 49ers, I don't trust Trey Lance. I trust Jameis Winston more than I trust Jay, Trey, Trey Lance. And I know 49ers probably have a better coach and a better defense, but the Saints are much improved. Michael Thomas yeah. will be back. And the defense got Tyran Matthew, and they're veteran heavy and new coach. And I don't know. I I I like to I like to, I've talked myself to the Saints. I wanted to put them, I put a bet on them to win the NFC South, but I will never bet against Tom Brady. That is just burning money. So I decided maybe them to make the playoffs would be a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I can see it. They, getting Michael Thomas back on the offense, especially they did bring in Jarvis Landry too. Like Chris it is going to be improved. Yeah, it's going to be an improved offense. It's just, can he actually deliver to his own team? Which yeah. I'm concerned about still, LASIK Jameis. Yeah, I, I he looked really good last year, though. So that's the only thing I'd say. He did. He did look a, a bit improved. I'm still not in on Jameis, but we'll we'll give him a bit more time. Last thing, do you have any Super Bowl odds that you liked before we get into the worst diss tracks of all time? I feel like it's Buffalo's to lose. At 650, I got him at fan. Yeah, I got him plus 600. I don't yeah. like the Rams to repeat. It's. I know that it's not like a sexy pick to obviously pick the favorite, but if I had to pick someone to upset them in the AFC, I think the Broncos are the team that could do it. And Denver's then, what, at, 17 to 1? I got 16 to 1, yep. And yeah. then Tampa, I think, is the team to beat in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So... Those are kind of my thoughts on Super Bowl, but I don't know. I with Super Bowl, I actually like waiting until like week four yeah. to then go and put my future bet in because see, who, see who's injured and all. It, all honestly, it's like when teams like Buffalo, if they slip and they start two and two, and then their odds go to like nine to one, then I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in. Jump on them. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good one. All right, Ken. Last thing before we get out of here. Booting ass and taking names, country's 20 best revenge songs from rollingstone.com. <laughs> so a little backstory on this. Off the ball had a little bit of a field day with the game's 10-minute diss track on Eminem. And Ken thought it'd be a good idea for country singers to get in on the diss track action. <laughs> so here are the top 20 country revenge songs number 20 we have miranda lambert white liar and she is putting blake shelton on notice for going to gwen stefani yeah i get it like first of all i think blake and gwen was like such an odd duo that they got together um it was the voice right that like put them together yeah and they just like spent all this time together and then they ended up together and mm-hmm. i don't know like a just a weird weird duo my thing was just like i thought it would be great if you had like some more current country stars that just started beefing because in rap like everything just goes back to like talking about dick size and like yep. you know you're not a man and all this stuff and it's like but what if you could mix in some of those like corny ass country lines that we hear like your, truck your tires track, ain't big enough. Your tractor ain't shit. Like, like, yeah. like if we got some of that going, I think that that's what's missing in music right now. And I think it would go a long way. Like, first of all, like you're not getting the guys in Atlanta hyped up about like a Blake Shelton, like Morgan Wallen diss track. But like, you could get the folks in Wisconsin, the folks up here in Saskatchewan in Canada, like they would love it. And then you get them going to the same country festivals, and you've got like. Blake goes up on Saturday and says, like, I'm going to tear the house down. And then Morgan Wallen gets up on Sunday and says, like, you're not shit. Like, this is my crowd. Like, like that. that's what I need. That's what I need in country music right now. It's all too buddy-buddy. Look, he thinks my tractor is not sexy is a top 10 song here in Wisconsin. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. All right? So I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Now, yeah, these are all fine. Johnny Cash singing about his dad. I guess we get a little bit of that with Taylor Swift, where you're coming from, and she's a megastar. So I totally. See but but Taylor from. Swift. Let's also be honest that she hasn't been country since like 2010. She sure. went. She went the pop route, and a lot of the the diss tracks that she put out were 
boyfriends of just like other pop stars that she was dating at the time like the harry styles of the world and i don't know man dear john when she was going in on uh john mayer was pretty good was pretty good but like how amazing would it be to get like a luke combs versus luke bryan like battle of the lukes battle of the lukes in country music look because they're because they're both such nice guys especially luke bryan but like imagine him just going in on them about like just something like calling them fat or something in just like a real subtle way country verses like like we get the rap verses on instagram live or whatever or like a couple guys sample songs country verses would do numbies there are so many people that would watch just terrible music uh terrible diss track music go up against for like yeah like you said luke combs and luke bryan or like even like just get the two heads of the game right now luke combs and morgan wall let them go at each other just give them 20 minutes and or we get contrasting styles. We get Battle of the Blondes, Carrie Underwood, Dolly Parton. Oh, Dolly gets up there and just talks about how like these new artists don't know anything about the the craft. And then you get Carrie Underwood up there, just like she's got like the NFL theme in the background because like that's what we remember Carrie Underwood for now. That in American Idol. And we just get her singing about football, but then she slips something in about Dolly Parton not being shit. Like that that's what I need. That's what I need in the country music game right now. And we're just, it's too buddy, buddy. It's all like, like Morgan Wallen's like best friends with Hardy. And like, I don't know. It's, we need some, some real country beef. I I found a, a Reddit thread, a Reddit thread, which health here, Reddit, but are diss tracks strictly a rap thing or are there country diss tracks? And I okay. guess there's been an uh, instance of two, country diss tracks one of them was because david allen co was racist and a black country singer went at him, so we're not going to talk <laughs> okay, on we're that not one. going down that road. we're not that's going not down that road. Type, that's not the type of diss track we need where uh folks are going at kane brown or oh, <laughs> any of jimmy folks. jimmy allen's like what did i do <laughs> no, okay uh, i got a good one battle of the groups we get florida georgia line rascal flats are florida georgia line together well, but we get them back together. Like, okay. like they reunite, they come back, they say, you know what? We're the best, we're the best uh, duo in the game. We're the best group in the game. And then you get Rascal Flats. They come in with the soft tunes, like talking about like, you know, uh, being sad and stuff. Yeah. And like, they're real disappointed in them. Like, like that's what I need. I, I need a battle of the groups. I, I'm in. I'm Zach Brown band and big Ooh. and red or Zach Brown band and Montgomery Gentry. They're just, Zach Brown band just comes in and they just like completely blow it up, like blow up Florida Georgia line spot. And then it yep. turns into a, they turn it around on. Yeah. The triple threat people are going through tables. Yeah. We'll just, we'll throw everything in there. <laughs> WWE style. It's now turned into a WWE match. Walker Hayes from the top rope. What is he doing? At country here? thunder. That's going to be how it, how it goes. All right, Ken, thanks for coming on. Ken, where, where can we find your stuff? Obviously, you're doing uh, daily shows, but when, when, when can we find you? Where can we find you? Do all plug all the things. Definitely at HedgePod on all social platforms is where you can find me, post all my betting plays there. We do a live show at 8.30 Eastern time through the week. Probably going to start doing that on the weekends too with EPL firing up. You know, you got the 5.30 kickoff here, 7.30 on East Coast. Not getting up for those ones, but we got to make sure we get the 8 o'clock ones in. So uh thanks for, so much for having me on man we're doing our nfl previews every single day as well just did the lines a couple days ago we were kind to the lines and how much we like them this year uh shout out to craig campbell from off the ball network for coming on for that one but cole it's always a ton of fun doing a show with you man and uh really appreciate you having me on no thank you ken uh stay safe out there and folks listening rains radio will be coming back we're gonna have some more guests on moving forward and look forward to Catching you all later, Ken, and for all the people listening, have a good Sunday.